0: we are in conflict, there's warfare going on. What, what we see in the nation, what we see around the world, there's more to it, there are, there are spiritual things that are, there, there are battles that are being waged. There's a conflict in the heavenlies. And I believe this many, many of us have seen these, we see the circumstances, that are all around us. And we have more fear than we have faith. We have more despair than we have hope. But I believe that today, Jesus wants to come and arise in us, and he wants to do a work in our hearts. He wants to embolden us, he wants to stir in us, and he wants to cause us to rise, amen? Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered. The Holy Spirit wants to stand up on the inside of us. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare we are pressed, but not crushed. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Father, you are with us, and you have not forsaken us. If God be before us, who in the world can be against us father we are your children we are your workmanship created under good works father we will not cower we will not back down we will not relent but we will stand and we will advance we will go forth and we will continue to advance the kingdom of light We will continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will continue to be salt and to be light. We will continue to be healers, to be the repairers of the breach, to restore the waste places. The spirit of the living God is upon us. He has anointed us. He has anointed us. He has anointed us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Jude wrote in the third verse of the book of Jude, said, I found it necessary to write to you and to exhort you. I found it necessary to write you and to exhort you to contend earnestly for the faith which was delivered once for all, to the saints. I've been stirred up this week, just knowing that I was coming to preach. There were things that were turning over in my spirit, things I didn't know how to articulate. As I come today, I believe that statement right there sums up what the Lord has put into my heart to speak to you today. I've come to exhort you, to contend earnestly for the faith that's been delivered to the saints once and for all. How many of you know that what Jesus did is effective and it's final? Nothing more needs to be added to what Jesus has done. It is finished and we need to contend for it, amen? We need to contend for the faith that has been delivered to us, amen? The Spirit of God is in this place. Man, I am, I'm gonna tell you that over the last 24 hours, I've been wound up, I don't even remember those tops, you would wind them up and then you push the button on the top and it would release. There, There was a point when it would start clicking and you knew you were about to wind it too far Last night I got to that point where I, had, I knew I had to stop winding, I was just going over scripture after scripture. And I said, you know what? I've got to stop. My heart is so full. I know that God has spoken to me a word that he wants to speak to this house today. So if you could find your seats. I, I was speaking a couple of years ago in San Antonio at a conference. There was a, uh, a gentleman there speaking by the name of Dr. Ron Hammonds, And he, he shared a story of when he was a young man and he went uh, to, to, to Spain for the running of the bulls and he he went and he got prepared he had his hotel room and the next day was the event and he came out and uh he, he got at the starting point and uh, they they have a, a head start on the bulls the the men get to start running before the bulls and he started running through that alleyway where they turn those bulls loose and run them towards that arena where they at the end of that run they fight the bulls and he said i i, I thought i, I was going to be heroic And I was going to outrun all of those bulls. I was going to beat them to that arena. And he said, I took out at full speed. And I ran to that arena as fast as I could. I beat every other man. I beat all of the bulls to the arena. And he said, when I got into the arena, the crowd began to chant in Spanish, coward, 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 coward. Because the point was not bidding the bulls. It was actually the running with the bulls that was supposed to be the brave act. But he stayed in that arena and he fought the bulls. And the revelation came upon me that those men that were chanting coward were in the stands. <laughs> and I was in the arena fighting the bulls. God wants his people to be in the arena of this fight. Yes. And not in the stands watching this is not a spectator event god wants to transform us from spectators i've said this before but it, it is so important we need to get this that god wants to transform transform his church from being a, a group an audience that needs to be entertained into an army that is ready to occupy an occupying force that's what jesus intended for his church to be Jesus said in in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, he says, from from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom has been preached and the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, it says it this way, that, that men are pressing into it. There is a pressing into the kingdom. There is a contending for the things of the kingdom that we, the saints of God, must be engaged in. We have to contend for this thing. We have to be engaged in this fight. God has called us to so that. We cannot be spectators, but we've got to be contenders. We've got to be engaged in this battle, in this warfare that is going on all around us. This, this, the things that we're seeing in our nation, and not, not just in our nation, but around the world, the things that we are seeing. As I said earlier, they are showing, there are manifestations in the natural of what's going on in the supernatural. There is a spiritual conflict. One of my favorite writers, Erwin Raphael McManus, he said this, he said, everywhere the kingdom of God advances, there is a violent engagement against the dark kingdom. He said, to be born of God is to be made a citizen in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is at war. That's a reality. The kingdom of heaven is at war. We need to realize that. You see, being born into the kingdom of God, in, in the Greek, when Jesus said you must be born again, the, the, the Greek word of the, words there, he said, geneo anothen, you must be born again. You must be geneo anothen. It means to be born from above. You see, being born in the kingdom of God is more like being born into the battlefield than it is being born into the nursery. How many of you know what it is to be airborne? It's a a special unit of our military forces. The the airborne rangers, they they are an elite fighting group. And these men, they do something that is absolutely crazy called halo diving, skydiving. It's high altitude, low open is what HALO stands for. They fly up to 35,000 feet above the earth to avoid detection of the enemy. And they jump out of that airplane and free fall for over two miles. And it is less than three seconds from the time that they open that ripcord on their parachute until they hit the ground. And the saying amongst the airborne rangers is if you survive the fall, you live to fight the fight. That's what it's like to be born into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a playground. It's a battlefield. We need to be aware of that. I want to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and, and, and take my text from that. That was just introduction. but 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I've got three points that I want to talk about. I want to talk about enduring being entangled, and being engaged. And so today's message is actually entitled in, in, Entangled or Engaged, but three E's. One of my mentors, David Cook, he loved alliteration. He taught that you were you an anointed preacher if you used a lot of alliteration. So I've got three E's, enduring, entangled, and engaged. Those are my three points this morning. So Paul writes to Timothy. Timothy is Paul's protege, and Timothy is going through some things. Timothy's strength is being tested. His endurance is being tested. He's being tried uh, with his ministry. And evidently, Paul writes this letter to Timothy to kind of encourage him. So with that in mind, we'll we'll begin to read here in the the first verse of 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. That's what uh, Dr. Crabtree said to us last week. We need the grace of God. And I I believe that. In this day that we're living in, we have to lean into the grace of God. If we're going to do what God wants us to do, we can't do it in our own strength. We have to lean into his grace. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by reliable, many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Verse 3 says, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And that, that word officer, it's, it's the one who enlisted, the one who enrolled, or the one who has called you. Jesus has called us. Jesus has enlisted us. He's entrusted us with the kingdom. He's called you for such a time as this. We can't get entangled with the cares of this life. As soldiers in the army of the Lord, we have to live our lives in a way that pleases Him. Going on to verse 5, it says, Athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you to understand all of these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. And this is the good news that I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal but the Word of God cannot be chained. I need to pause on that right there. The Word of God cannot be chained. There's no politician that can stop the Word of God. There's no virus that can stop the Word of God. Amen? There's no religion that can stop the word of the Lord. The word of God cannot be chained. Verse 10. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Entangled or ensnared, Paul is calling Timothy here to endure, to bear up under the pressures. It literally means to take courage in the face of new challenges. How many of you feel like you're facing things you've never faced before? What do we need to do? We need to endure. One of the most important attributes of a Christian, of a follower of Jesus, is a high pain threshold. Because Jesus endured the cross, we can endure anything that comes at us. Any challenge, any circumstance, any situation, we can persevere. We can go through. And not only can we go through, we can shine through all of it. I love what William Barclay, he was an old Scottish uh, theologian, professor, he, was a, he wrote a commentary on the Bible. And, and William Barclay, he said this, he said, endurance is not just the ability to bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory. All the things that we're enduring, all the things that we're going through, I believe God wants us to turn to glory. Do you, do you know what, what Jesus is doing right now in this moment? I, 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 so many of us are conflicted, and I get that. So many of us are uncertain right now, and I get that. So many of us are confused right now, and I get that. But I want to encourage you with this. You know what Jesus is doing in this moment in history? Jesus is procuring victory. That's what he's doing. In the midst of the darkness, the light is shining. In the midst of confusion, Jesus is establishing his kingdom. That's what's happening. And God is calling each and every one of us to take all of these hardships, all of these things that we're suffering, all of the things that we don't understand, everything that we can't comprehend, everything that we feel is beyond us, God is calling us to take that, to endure it and to turn it to glory. Amen. For him, not for our sake, but for his name's sake. Amen. That's what I believe that Jesus is is calling us to do. And we need to remember is the struggle is against those who are opposed to the gospel things that we're seeing manifest in so many different realms in our society today. They, they are things that are coming to oppose the gospel, but we've got to go back to that one line, the, the word of God cannot be restrained. Amen? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We've got to remember that. We need to read our Bibles more. Because if we do, we won't get discouraged so easily. We, we know how this, all these things that are happening now are written in the book, and we know how it ends, amen? We can read the end of this story, and our God is not going to forsake us, amen? So endure, that's point number one. Point number two is, is we cannot get entangled in the things of this world. We can't get tied down. To what this world has to offer us. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20, it says, For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world, world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. It is for freedom that you have been freed. Has anybody ever battled credit card debt? or maybe you're currently battling credit card debt. It is bondage, right? If, if we, I, I like what Dave Ramsey say, says, he, he says, act your wage. I love that. When we live beyond our means and we run up a big credit line, it'll put us in a, in a bad spot. I've been there. I've been there in life. And you know what? God set me free from it. And you know what the temptation was? Whenever the opportunity for the next credit card came, the temptation was to go back to the bondage. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that temptation and said, it is for freedom that you have been freed. Why do you want to go back into that bondage? All of your credit cards, my wife actually helped me to, to do that. We, we paid off all of, all, all of our debts. And then the temptation came. And when that temptation came, the Holy Spirit said, it's for freedom that you have been freed. Why do you want to go back to that bondage? Church, it is for freedom that we have been freed. Yes. He set us free from this world. He set us free from the power of sin. Why do we want to go and live as slaves to it? Why do we want to go and get caught back up in the things that this world has to offer? The word uh, to, 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 to be entangled, it's, it, it means to weave or to intertwine. Like this, to get locked up in, to get bound in. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to weave the web of the world into our lives to the point where we can no longer be effective for the sake of the kingdom of God. He wants us to get so caught up in possessions and entertainment and hobbies and everything. And listen, it's a whole other message, but we should enjoy all of that, right? We, we can enjoy all, what the world has to offer us. We, we, can, we can find places of entertainment. We can have recreation. We can, all that. There's a balance in a Christian life, though. And it's the worship of those things. And it's, it's when we allow our lives to become ensnared by those things. And it hinders us from being able to do what God wants us to do. I believe that one of the greatest glories of this coronavirus pandemic that has swept this globe is it's destroying so many of the idols of this world that had us trapped. Sports, entertainment, all these things are being brought low and our perspectives are being brought back into focus. I can't focus on these things. I can't get caught up in these things. I can't give my affection to these things. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus because it's the only hope that I have. I believe that's what's happening. Don't get entangled. Don't get interwoven and intertwined with the things of this world. James gives warning in James 4, verse 4. He says, adulterers, adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with this world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Amen. We are not to be in league with the world what concord or what agreement what covenant do the children of light have with the children of belial paul writes that in corinthians what he's saying there is what what agreement what what covenant can the sons of god make with the sons of devil the, the, the sons of the devil that's literally what that that, that that phrase the sons of belial they're used in corinthians it's used all throughout the the old testament as a, a, a term for wicked men Hophni and Phineas, Eli's sons, uh, the, 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 the scriptures call them the sons of Belial, the sons of the devil. What agreement do the children of light have with the children of darkness? We can't be in concord. Now listen, there's, there's a balance to this. The, the call of separation is a call to Insulation not a call to isolation. There's a difference. We are to be insulated from this world, but not isolated from this. We are in the world, but not of the world. Amen? We, 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 we reach out to them. We preach the gospel to them, we love them, we build relationships with them, but we don't let them preach to us. We don't adopt their doctrine. We don't allow them to influence us. We are going to influence them for the kingdom, and we're not going to give them that place of influence in our life. That's what it's talking about. 1 John... Give, gives more insight to this, I, I believe, being entangled into the things of the world. He says, this is in, in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, do, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and here they are, three things. Go and study this. I don't have, I don't have time to teach this whole thing to you, but go and study what these three, three things mean, and it can help you to understand what you need to, to, to divorce yourself from. All the things that are in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. We're watching this world pass away. That's what we're seeing, folks. So don't get discouraged. Our hope isn't in this world. Glory to God, Jesus is coming back soon. He's going to set his kingdom up. And we're going to be raptured. We're going to be caught up. We're going to be in the air. And then we're going to return and set his kingdom up on this earth. Amen? Don't don't get caught up in this world. This world is nothing compared to the world to come. Don't fall in love with this world. This world is nothing but pain and torment and suffering. The world to come is a world of glory and joy and hope. Amen? There's peace. All of our tears are going to be wiped away. All of our sicknesses and diseases are going to be gone. Amen? There's a tree that grows by the river of God, and the fruit of that tree is for the healing of the nations. That's the world to come. Amen? Amen? There are things in the world to come we can't even imagine, we have not even seen. Eye has not seen, ear ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the mind of man the things that God has prepared for them. Don't get ravished by this world and what it can offer you. The soldier must be willing to lay aside all secular pursuits. You think about that. I mean, when you sign that paper, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Lackland Air Force Base was there. It was the training center. We would go downtown on the Riverwalk, River Center Mall, and we would see those recruits after five weeks of basic training. They lost all their hair. They lost all their freedom for five weeks. The Army owned them and still owned them even at, on their one day off at the River Center Mall. Reminds me of the story that I heard about Elvis Presley. He, when he enlisted into the Army, he was getting his, his induction haircut and the barber asked him, do you want to keep your sideburns? And he said, yes, please. So he shaved them off and put them in an envelope and gave them to him. <laughs> when you enlist in the United States Air, Army or Air Force or Marines or Navy, Uncle Sam owns you. You are property of the U.S. government. Your life is not your own As a soldier, you can't be entangled in the affairs of the world. Well, I want to take my girlfriend out on a date. Sorry, private. (laughs) Drop and give me a (laughs) hundred. I need a hug from mom. Sorry. Like a soldier... The believer can't get entangled in the affairs of this world. Don't let this world get your affections. What affairs are keeping you from engaging in this battle that's waging? What's keeping you? Are they relationships? Is it recreation? Entertainment? Vocation. Being detached from the ordinary cares of this world can help us to have a singleness of purpose. Seek first the kingdom of God. As the children of God, that is our singular focus. Don't get entangled. The Lord wants us to be engaged. Christian, the Lord wants us to be engaged, but it's important that we get engaged in the right fight. The right fight is not for or against masks. The right fight is not Democrat or Republican. The right fight is not a race war. What fight are we engaged in? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 and 3 through 5 for though we walk in the flesh we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The way that we engage in this is not foolish arguments on social media or at the water cooler in the break room. As a Christian, I personally don't believe in protesting. I believe in preaching. Jesus didn't ordain me to protest. He ordained me to preach. He didn't ordain me to get down in the mud and roll with the swine. He said, don't cast your pearls before the swine. I'm not going to get caught up in foolish arguments because they just lead to disputes, quarreling. This is the instruction of the scripture. What are we called to do? Publish the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The psalmist said there will be a great army of publishers. That's you, and that's me. Our assignment, our task, the way that we engage is through a spiritual weapon of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. David said that the praises of God will be in my mouth that men would see and fear and put their trust in God. That's our position. That's our posture, worship Not complaining, not criticizing, not arguing, not bickering, not contention. That's the wrong conflict. The fight that we are engaged in is declaring the kingdom of God has come. That's the battle that we're to be engaged in. We need to remember that. I believe this. I believe that more than anything, and I'm just stuck on this, we need to, as a church, come to a place of, of prayer. I don't remember who it was, and I can't, I'm going to get the quote wrong, but I remember seeing somebody say this week that the problem is not the sin and the wickedness of the world, yes. it is the apathy and the prayerlessness of the church. Gosh. That's a reality. The world is doing what the world's supposed to be doing. Stop getting mad at them, <laughs> they're in darkness. We have to get to our knees. We have to get to our prayer closet. We have to get to a place of prayer. We need to get to a point of spiritual warfare. And, and let me say this, and I, I don't want to say this to offend anyone, but a lot of what we do that we call spiritual warfare is really nothing more than shadow Shadowboxing. 1st Corinthians chapter 9 verse 26 it talks about that it talks about shadow boxing he talks about striking and just striking at the air a lot of what we do that we call spiritual warfare we don't land a single blow to the kingdom of darkness it is shadow boxing there is a place of prayer that looks more like wrestling with God. I love this, it's Ian e. Bounds. And, and if you've not read the book, Power Through Prayer, I would encourage you, get the book, Power Through Prayer, by Ian e. Bounds. He was an African-American Methodist Episcopal pastor, and he wrote this powerful little book. It's a short read, you can read it in a day. But get that book and read it. But here's a quote from Ian e. Bounds, he said, "'Prayer in its highest form and grandest success "'assumes the attitude of a wrestler with God, There is a place in prayer that we need to get with God that's similar to what Jacob experienced before he met his brother, where he wrestled with the angel of the Lord until the breaking of the daylight. Listen, you haven't really prayed. This is why I say that most, mo- most of our spiritual uh, warfare that we do is an exercise in futility. It's because it doesn't leave us changed. It doesn't send us in another direction. When David, or I'm sorry, when Jacob was finished wrestling with that angel, the Bible said his hip was out of joint. He walked a different way, and he was going in a different direction. When we do spiritual warfare, it will, when you really get into a place of prayer, it will change you. A lot of times it doesn't change your circumstance. You pray about the mountain and you come up out of your prayer room and the mountain's still there. But God has put in you a mountain moving faith. I believe this whenever we pray, we need to come away changed. And we need to come away with direction. And if we don't do that, then our, our efforts in prayer are futile. That's why, uh, coming back to my first visit here, the message probably all of y'all remember more than any, or the point of the message, y'all probably remember more than any of it, is when I told you all to shut up. <laughs> it's the most powerful thing that the Lord has shown me in prayer is that we just need to shut up when I come before you, let my words be few. A place of quietness. I I believe that the next move of God is gonna shut a lot of people up. Because we are gonna be in such awe of who he is and what he is doing, we won't have words to say. God wants us to get with him and to wrestle with him. Dad's probably able to relate to this. I loved wrestling with my boys. We would wrestle to the point of exhaustion. And it used to be I would wrestle all three of them. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) I got one that's taller than me now. It's not right. It's only 15. But I would wrestle with all three of them and we would either wrestle to the point of exhaustion or tears, one or the other. But there, there's something when you wrestle with your kids like that of intimacy. This prayer of wrestling is a prayer of, 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 of intimacy. Jacob held God. But God wanted to be held as much as the holder wanted to hold. There's something about that headlock. With my kids, it was a place of intimacy. There is a place in prayer that the people of God need to go. It's a place of intimacy. If you'll wrestle with God at your very core, you will walk away broken. Broken. It's only then do we truly stand a chance of living a life that looks like Jesus. Because I want to tell you this, the point of all spiritual warfare is that we would live as Jesus lived. That we would war as he warred. we'll break out of the shadow boxing when we get to the place where we are as Jesus was, where he says, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. And I don't say anything unless I hear my father say it. There's a lot of us that are saying a lot of things about politics, about viruses, about racial issues and things that we're facing in our nation today. I've just got to be frank. It doesn't line up with this book. We've got to get back to a place of intimacy with the Father so that our lives look like what he wants them to look like. I need to wrap up. Let me me take you to Ephesians. And I'm going to close with this. One more quote on prayer, as as you're turning to Ephesians chapter six. Biblical, I don't know who said this, but I love it. Biblical prayer is impertinent, persistent, shameless, and indecorous. It is more like haggling in an outdoor bazaar than the polite monologues of the church. Talking about wrestling, The writer James, he said, it's the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man that avails months. For the, for the word effectual, I, I, doing the word studies, the, the best word that I can come up with is authentic. When you pray, just be real. Just pray on authentic prayer. And that word fervent would literally translate red hot So we need to pray some red, hot, authentic prayers. Because if your prayer doesn't mean anything to you, it's not going to mean anything to him. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. So that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Of evil. It should resonate with you this morning. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers. For all believers everywhere. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. We need less chirping, tweeters, twitters. My, my dad, he was born in 1930. My dad used to say uh, he, he called all social media Facebook. He's crossed MySpace and Facebook. Did you put that on Facebook? We need less twerping, less noise, and more praying. I implore you, pray. Pray for the leaders of our nation. Pray that things in dark places would be revealed. Pray about this situation of coronavirus. The Lord is greater than coronavirus. Pray that he will stop it in his tracks. Aaron prayed. He stood between the people and prayed. And the, 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 uh, what's the word that he uses in the Old Testament? It's uh, uh, virus, because I can't remember the Old Testament word. Plague, thank you. The plague was stayed. Aaron stood between the people and prayed. And the plague was stayed. Do we still believe that the blood of Jesus is effective? Do we still believe that he is Lord of all? Do we still believe that he's a merciful God? We need to pray for all people. We need to pray for Americans. We need to pray for Mexicans and Canadians, and South Americans and Europeans and Africans and Australians and Asians. We need to pray for the Uyghur people. There are a Muslim group that are being killed by the Chinese government. Abused, used as slaves. We need to pray for their liberation and their salvation. We need to pray for all people everywhere. We need to be in prayer. Listen, I want to give you this last thought. Rach, can you come to the piano? We need to stand. It's mentioned, I think, three times at least in this passage that we read in Ephesians chapter 6 standing. What do we need to do today? We need to stand. I think it's Luke 19, 13, if I'm not mistaken. Jesus says, occupy. It, it, it's the parable of the nobleman that left his, his wealth with, with his servants. And, and Jesus says, in that uh, parable, he uses this phrase, occupy until I return. Speaking of the nobleman, but it's a picture of his return. And we are to occupy until Jesus comes. That's used as a military term, an occupying force but it's really a banker's term. It means to take care of business until I get back. When we, when we think of occupy, it means usually to us like a space on our lazy boy or our couch or at our favorite coffee shop. That's not the kind of occupation the Lord's calling us to. It's doing business until he comes back. Are you doing kingdom business? How do we do kingdom business? We wait upon the Lord. We wait upon him. Waiting on the Lord is not standing still. Waiting on the Lord is about waiting to hear what he says and to see what he does and to join him in what he's doing. That's waiting on the Lord. That's waiting on the Lord. Standing is not inaction. It's waiting on the Lord. It's holding ground and pushing back the kingdom of darkness at every opportunity. Church, that's what Jesus is asking us to do. Luke, or uh, I'm sorry, James four and seven. He says, "Submit yourself." To God. Wait upon the Lord. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. How many of you know that the devil is working in the United States of America? His agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. What are we going to do? Are we going to back down, or are we going to stand our ground? Are we gonna wait upon the Lord? Are we gonna to submit to God, resist him and watch him flee? And when he flees, we can take more territory. Church, let's stand. Church, I'm, again, I'm, I'm asking you, let's pray for the nation. Let's pray for people all around this globe. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for church leaders and stop criticizing them. I, I have a friend that I talked to this week. He said half, of not, not half, but a group of people left his church because the church was closed. And then when they opened the church, he's got a group that are leaving because the church is not open enough. Stop criticizing the leadership of the church. Pray for them. 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 Let's not be divisive. It's time for the church of Jesus to unite and go forward. Pastors discerning. I believe that God will speak to pastors in the way that he won't speak to the rest of the folks in the church. I just believe that. There's a pattern of that throughout scripture. God speaks to leadership in the church of God to give direction to the church. I believe that. Pray for them, that they will hear from God. They won't miss God and that they will be bold in their leadership in the church. And get with them and let's go forward. When I talk about engagement, listen, every one of us, every one of us who are named by the name of Jesus, we need a ministry in the church and we need a mission in the world. Find a way. If you, if you don't know where you can serve in this church, come see me, email me, call me, stop by throughout the week. I'm here Tuesday through Friday, almost every day almost all all the business hours. I'll be here. Stop in and see me. We'll find a place to plug you in. We want to get you plugged in. Find a place to serve in the local church and then go out in the world and get engaged in shining light. What we're seeing right now, there's a great falling away. But as I said earlier, Jesus is procuring the victory. There is a great falling away, but there's also a great in-gathering of those who are his, amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your people. I thank you for the church. Father, help us to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. We're facing things, many of us, that we have never faced before. Give us a boldness, give us a perseverance, give us an endurance, Lord God. Father, we lean into you. We lean into your grace. Empower us by the Holy Spirit. Father, may we be marked by your nature. May the gifts of the Spirit be evident in our lives. Patience and kindness and long-suffering. May all the fruit of your Spirit, love, manifest in our lives. Father, let us have wisdom. Father, use us. Use us. I I believe this. I believe the Lord is gonna put every one of us in a situation this week that is going to stretch us. That's gonna give us an opportunity to get out of our comfort zone. Lean into the grace of God The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. Let it rise up and do what he compels you to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you because you give us victory in everything. You cause us to triumph in all things. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your word cannot be bound We thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Your agenda will be accomplished. Accomplish it through us. Lift your hands right now and say, Lord, here I am. Send me, use me, work through me. I wanna be your hands and feet. Father, thank you for this. We praise you today in Jesus' name.